0: All right, welcome back to the Appalachian Runner Podcast. We're uh, here with uh, Brandon Perry, and this is gonna be a cool one today because we are co-hosting this time. It's not just gonna be me asking him questions; it's gonna be him asking me questions, me asking him questions. Because we both just finished uh, hundred mile races in the past couple of weeks. You know, I did the Canal Corridor 100 miler up in Akron, Ohio, and he just finished the No Business 100 miler in Tennessee which also goes into a little bit of Kentucky. So this is going to be a fun one. I'm really pumped, man. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. How are you doing? I'm doing really good. You know, back to running again. I uh, got 35 miles this week, so we are rolling. The You know, nothing too major in the legs. Uh, got- so I got a
1: question. Like, what, what percentage are you, would you say, that you are compared to
0: the first initial week of recovery? I think about 86% back. Maybe 86, that's good. Okay,
1: because 85, I would have been concerned. But, okay, 86 is good. That's good. Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I, the only reason I say that low is just because uh, I have a little bit of Achilles tendinitis in my right leg, ankle. And it, it's something I had beforehand, but it, it seems a little bit worse. However, it doesn't hurt when I run. It's more whenever I wake up, I'm walking around. It's more a lateral movement thing where instead of just going forward, you know, up and back. So whenever I'm running, it's fine. Cause I'm not going lateral, but I also haven't run on the trails yet. So I believe, no, this is a, just an assumption. It could be, I have this old pairs, uh, a pair of Nike invincibles that I've been wearing around as my walking shoes. Okay. I have them tied really loosely and I've noticed that when I wear those, it hurts a lot worse. If I tighten my shoes or you just wear a different pair of shoes. Yeah. It feels better. So, could be something there where there's just Yeah, one that out. could
1: be. So, oh yeah, um, yeah, that's okay. So it could be that like specific shoe. It could be.
0: Everything. Yeah, and to be honest, I have you know run the crap out of them. They have a big like rip in the uh in the, I guess rubber on the bottom, and yeah. Bottom. So I mean, it, it's probably that, but I don't you like said- to buy too many pairs of shoes. I mean, I, I'll wear. I'll, I'll get the most life out of them as possible, just like cars. Oh, you're like me. Like when
1: when when I get new shoes as well. Like you can visibly see that it's time for new shoes. Yeah, and everything. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. So let me ask you this: like originally going into Canal Corridor, what? First off, obviously, I'm sure a lot of people, including I, assumed that later the fall race is going to be rim to river. Okay. So what was the thought process of saying no to Rim to River? And like first off, let's let's do that. What's what was the thought process of you saying no to Rim to River for like what what if you were in, then you were out. So what would explain that process for me?
0: Yeah, yeah. So like last year, you know, I was able to win and uh, Bryant Baker, the race director from Rim to River, you know, emailed me. He emailed Holly in as well. Uh, and just you know, basically said that we have a free entry. And you'd love to have us back. And, you know, I love Rim to River. It's, it's really the, the race that became like the turning point into of my uh, running career almost. Because beforehand, I did run trails still. And I actually had a, a lot of fun and did had some success with it. But like Rim to River was where I kind of got serious about it. It was my first 100-mile race. Um, you know, absolutely a beautiful course, beautiful event, you know, very well done. So I really wanted to keep going back for the rest of my days, if I could every year, just come back. But what ended up happening was I kept thinking about it and I really want to do other races as well. And that's, you know, in early November, it's hard to really do a whole lot before, a whole lot after. Um, And another big decision that I wanted to make was I really want to run the Western States 100 mile race. Um, You know, I don't care if I get in by lottery, Actually, that's probably going to be the way that's going to happen, but uh, I definitely want, if I do a golden ticket race, I want to give it my best effort, and last year, I was uh, entered into Bandera, which is January, early January, and I wasn't fully recovered from in the river, so I had to, like, drop out of that, like, I didn't even make it to the trip, I I pulled out two weeks before, so this year, I was thinking about it all year round, like, do I really want to do that again where I want to give Rim to river my best effort and, you know, running with Dan, I'm going to have to have my best effort because it's going to be a really big race between us two. But if I did that, would I be fully recovered and ready to go for Bandera? So the more I thought about it, the more I thought that wasn't a good idea. So eventually I had to uh, send Bryant the email saying, Hey man, I'm so, so, so sorry. Uh, but I'm thinking about, running a different race and just trying to find something better that, so I can get ready for Bandera. And he, he was awesome. You know, he, he agreed. He's like, dude, I've run Bandera several times. You're going to have a blast with it. You know, I want you to make sure that you're good to go for that too. So it made, made me feel a lot better. So then I was like, well, what race should I do? Cause I need to get a Western States qualifier in order to get into a lottery. Um, for sure. So I was looking and, something I've never done before, which I haven't really done a whole lot of hundred mile races in general, but, uh, something I haven't done before was a flat hundred. So I started looking at them. I started looking at tunnel Hill, which is like same time period as from the river. So that probably wasn't a good, good idea. And then I saw canal corridor, which is about a month beforehand. And I was thinking like canal quarter would work out perfectly because it's flat, it's fast. It's, you know, in Akron, so the weather's more than likely going to be decent, you know, being in northern Ohio. Um, and it gives me an extra month, actually a little bit more than a month, to recover and get a good training block in for Bandera. So, I, uh, actually, one of my buddies who ended up pacing me, he uh, told me about, you know, corridor as well. And he's like, dude, I got second last year. You, you should reach out to the race director and see if she'll get you a free entry. So I did. And it was like 10 minutes later, she emailed back saying, yeah, here's the code. You come on down. So it made it really simple and easy having a free entry. All I had to worry about was travel. Um, and I was I was stoked after that because, you
1: know. So, so let me ask you this. Um, I don't know about you, but a flat 100 outside looking in would scare me more than a trail 100. Just because, obviously, the trail, you have your unknowns. But the flat, same muscle stimulus for that long. For uh, that, I don't know about, that just scares me and everything. And so, like, that's a lot of time, A lot of, like, obviously, things can go wrong on a trail, but things can, oh, that's just flat and fast. So, when you decided, okay, Canal Corridor. How did you go about as in far as strategy? Talk me through the initial strategy process when you signed up and everything?
0: Well, uh, yeah, I was terrified. Um, more so in the like week leading up to it, but even in the planning process, like I really have no clue because I've never run that far, like you said, on a flat course because typically a trail will slow you down. for sure. the, the terrain will slow you down and you just have to navigate that so now on a flat 100 it's your body that's slowing you down you know not that that doesn't happen in a trail but like yeah on a flat course it's you're literally going to you're trying to run at that point that red line where if you go one step over that red line you're going to blow up and you're going to start falling off so you got to run that same pace that is like right up to that red line without going over. And that's a scary thing because I've never done that before. So, so let me ask this beforehand,
1: how long, I mean, on a flat course is, I mean, is the marathon distance the longest you've
0: done on a flat course? I mean, technically, yeah. The naked Bavarian 40 miler is pretty flat. But then again, it had about a thousand feet every 10 miles, I think 4,000 feet. So, like, that's not, I mean, this 100 mile, like, on Strava, my watch said 1700 feet for 100 miles. So, okay. not really comparable, but I will say that uh, N- Naked Bavarian was very flat and very runnable. Didn't have to, I didn't walk really. It's just all running. So, I would count that as like 40 miles of straight running. Okay. Uh, and you r- ran 501. Right. So, so, the most I've ever done is five hours, one minute on a, on a run.
1: So, so let me so okay. So then you sign up, you're in. So, how do you choose? Obviously, Rim to River, you know your times, you know what you can do. And so, with any other mountain type of trail, you you can kind of generalize what type of time you're looking to go in. So, with this one, new territory, how do you choose or how do you pick? Like, okay, I'm shooting for this time. How what goes into that
0: for you? See, that's also a scary thing because I didn't know. I mean, I want to say that like, I had planned to just run 720s to 730s until I couldn't anymore. And that's really the strategy I had going into it. But that's terrifying. And to be honest, when you start looking at what that pace means, it kind of freaks you out because you start looking at the ultra running magazine list and you're like, oh, shoot, that would be the number one time in the country right now. That's Camille Heron's time. That's Arlen Glick's time. That's a scary thing. Like I don't feel like I'm on that level and I'm not. So it was just one of those things where I'm like, well, this is my goal. My goal is to break 13 hours. Ideally in a perfect world, I'd like to run around 1245. Okay. And I didn't really tell many people that I, I, if anybody asked, it would be around 13 hours. Yeah. That's safe. I mean, it's still very, very fast in my opinion. But it's not like, yeah, I'm going to just go out and beat Camille Harris the number one time. Cause that's... Well,
1: I, I guess 13 hours allows too, like,
0: obviously, and
1: this, normal people. <laughs> when I say normal people, Taylor, I mean, as in 60, 70, 80, 90 miles, naturally, there's a slowdown yeah. and everything like that. And so it, I I guess the, in your head, the 13 hours allow, like, all right, obviously, you can say 5 to 10% slow down i guess at some points which you could still get that under 13
0: but it'd probably been a stretch yeah. and everything so yeah i get it okay yeah. so yeah so that was the plan and it's funny because that's exactly what happened i mean we we literally i, I try to go out i mean I went out. oh
1: okay. hold on a second hold on a second hold on
0: a second okay so you do that so how the pacing so how
1: does that like how i want to know your pacers i want to know how you got your pacers okay. i want to know all that
0: Okay, yeah, so it's, it's for crew, so my dad, he has really wanted to crew me, but yeah, every single race that I do, he usually signs up for it,
1: Right. And
0: so rim to river, you know, he wasn't in for, like, for the longest time, and then he signed up very late, um, same thing with Holly and, you know, Holly has been wanting to pace and crew me for a while now, but, like, literally every single run we do, we do it together, like, she's running as well, so I knew that they weren't planning on running this course or this race. So I asked, and actually my dad, he asked to be my crew chief before we even like, you know, made the decision yet. Right. So already I had a crew chief already, had mom who was ready to roll too. Um, so then I asked uh, Holly Ann Swan to be one of my pacers and uh, you know, with her doing the marathon, the Columbus marathon the week later, you know, I was like I probably should make her just do like a really short, uh, yeah. you know, run. So I pushed her to the end because I knew if anybody could get me to run hard or to push through something at the very end of race, or even just to get me out from walking, it's going to be her because we just, we have been, you know, best friends for a long time. She knows when I'm feeling rough, She I know what she's like when she's feeling rough. So we, we're on the same wavelength on a lot of things like that. And I think, I, you know, definitely looking back on it, it was a perfect decision. So had one uh pacer checked off then i went back and i'm like okay who, who's in the area of ohio that wouldn't mind maybe spending some time right help me out so flashback to the trails collective uh uh live show that they did after western states okay it was arlen glick marianne hogan and ellie pell and they were just talking and me being me, I'm definitely Arlen Glick, Arlen Darlin. You know, I'm a big fan. <laughs> so sure. I was, I was very active on the uh, comment section, and he, they made a point to like, at, like ask one of the questions that I asked, and he, he made a comment. Arlen Glick made a comment saying, "Dude, Caleb, I would love to pace you for Mohegan one day." I'm like, "Oh, that's cool." You know, I never really considered Mohegan, um, but if I ever do, I'll ask Arlen. So whenever I decided to run Canal, I'm, like, looking to see how far he is from that race, and he's literally, like, 30 minutes. So I just, on Strava, I reached out to him, asked what he was doing on October 8th, and he literally responded with, well, hopefully I'm pacing you at Canal Corridor. Oh, that's gold. That's oh, gold yeah.
1: right there. Heart lit
0: up. You know, I was screaming internally. It was, it was amazing. So I he gave me his contact info, and we you know, kept in contact. I was like, are you sure you still want to do it? And he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm down. I'm already there. I'm there. So I had Arlen Glick in the pocket, and that's a pretty good person to have in the pocket. So,
1: so, so let me ask you this. Arlen Glick is on your on the squad now. Does that increase the pressure at all?
0: Yes. Definitely. Okay. okay. Definitely does. And that's, well, part of the reason why I had him be one of my first pacers was for that reason. <laughs> I wanted to make sure I was looking pretty good when I was running with Arlen gotcha or, or feeling pretty good yeah yeah, yeah. so you know, add him there and, and to be honest I just I needed people that wanted to talk or who I thought would want to talk and I figured Arlen would be a great person because he has so many great stories about all the races he's run he's run this race before so he's won it he has a course record on it so I'm like okay this guy's gonna be perfect so he can just talk and get my mind off of like falling off and stuff. So then I was looking for one more pacer and I had run a 50 K race back in May, uh, up in Athens, Ohio. And my main competition that day was a guy named Jeremy Pope. Okay. And he had had a Ridge runner, uh, interview. So I watched that, you know, I definitely did my job stalking him to see what kind of athlete he was. I knew it was pretty good. So we race, uh, We ran together for like the first like two or three miles, and then it was super muddy. But I was able to get make a break, okay, uh, gap him pretty good for sure. Yeah, the whole day I was afraid that he's going to come back on me, but you know he ended up running about I think twelve minutes behind. So pretty good still. Uh, So I reached out to him because he's from Worcester, Ohio, which is not terribly far. You know, about an hour from the course. Yeah, and he was down because he he had gotten second last year at the same race. So. I knew he would know the course pretty well. He had been in the area, and I was just thankful he was willing to do it. And so now I had my all star, like, basically- dream
1: team. You got mom, dad on the crew. You have Arlen Glick. You have Holly Ann. You have <laughs> this is uh, Caleb.
0: It was the monsters of pacers. That's what it was. I'm
1: saying. That, like from now on, like there's a certain bar now. Like this is like you got this level of pacing there. <laughs> like it's, uh, that's 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 well, tough, man. That's tough.
0: Well, it's, you know what? Every single hundred mile race I've done, I felt like I've had the best pacers and crew. You know, okay. First year to River, I had Dan Green and Alex right. Spiner.
1: Yeah,
0: and you know, D- uh, Dan Crow is my uh, crew chief, and For your, sure, and everybody helped out. Second year, I had Chris at Swan as my uh, crew chief. Then I had you know uh, Lucas Warner and uh, Jr. Oyster on my team. Those are two awesome guys as well. I forgot all about that combo. Yeah. So I'm like, I do a really good job of picking the right people, I think, and I'm just blessed that I have a lot of really good friends. That I was about to say.
1: Well, (coughs) you that shows that the person you are because all these people want to pace you they know you as the person and then you as the athlete so that's another thing too that shows a lot about you as well so i just want to put that in ever keep going so yeah yeah so okay so okay we got the we got the crew we got that um the training beforehand was any training specific things that you did to get ready for this anything out of the ordinary
0: not no not really um so i had a really good training block over the summer going into a hurricane 100k that was in september 10th whatever and everything that i did was very specific to that race um did a lot of hill repeats did a lot of just you know i bumped my miles up to like 90 to 100 um hung around there for quite a you know i think it's like six out of the 10 weeks were above 100 which is good um You know did canal trace 50k which got you know got me in the mode and got me ready for it and you know after running the 100k i was really worried about what was i going to do in between hurricane 100k and canal corridor because you have a mountain trail run that's like a loop course and all that very different from a flat 100. Prime or the goal number one was just to make sure that I was on the line healthy. So I did recover, make take a recovery week after Hurricane 100 k and then built my miles up to like 74, which is very low compared to what I usually do. But I felt like it's better to be consistent and hit like 74, 70, 64 race than to try to get like a one really big week and then come back down. So that's what I did. I, mean, I ran those miles. Uh, it's like 74, 70, 64. And then the week of the race. And I felt like that was a good thing to do. I didn't run any workouts really, except for like maybe one with Holly Ann just pacing her through one of her workouts. So nothing terribly specific to the race, but it was just getting the mileage in, you know, I got two 18 mile long runs in, which is a little bit low, but once again, as I really, my legs didn't feel ready. For a big long run, like a right. 25 to 30, could have done it and been fine, probably. It probably would have helped, but you know, I was more concerned about being on the line healthy than let's say.
1: and you and you had like over the summer, like you went from Highlands, you went from uh, obviously Canal Trace. Let's say, let's talk about obviously, uh, you stepped in, you won Charleston distance run, so you got like a mini oh, workout yeah. with that um hurricane 100k so your base the last few months has been solid
0: it was very good yeah the base was good and the races were like the major workouts which right i mean they're races but i got a lot of good uh you know threshold work slash For sure. two max work with those races which is perfect that's what i wanted and one thing i've noticed in my ultra training which is different from like when i did a lot of marathon and before my best races are in my races Whereas beforehand, you know, in uh, college cross country track and in marathons, I had killer workouts where I would I would lay down some insane times, but that would end up being my race and I'd do worse in my race than I did in that workout. You would peak a little too early. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. that's the reason why. So that's why whenever I started training with Holly Ann, I mean, she's a stud and her paces aren't that slow. But right. I'm not reaching my like I'm not redlining or, as they say, going to the well. All heart
1: race, not at 200. Exactly.
0: So <laughs> I, I think that's gonna, that's been the key to some of my success is that I make sure that my races are on race day. And I think that's something that a lot of people can learn from, especially if I can try to get my college guys and girls to do it, which they have been doing really well with it. Right. Uh, I think that's the key for longevity reasons too you know a lot of people get discouraged whenever the races aren't reflecting you know how fit they are so that's when I used to as well definitely in high school but college and you know post-college I've kind of matured and grown from that which is really cool I would say do you think that comes just with maturity I think so maturity experience and then just seeing it work I think that's the main thing because you know it's easy to buy in if you're like you're crushing workouts and then the races reflect those workouts. You're like, Oh, for sure. I, you know, this is a blanket one, but like if you're able to run like 10 by 400 under 60 seconds for each 400, you're like, well, I could probably break, you know, four in the mile, but then right. it doesn't always happen like that, especially right. races because races aren't time trials races. You're trying to beat the other people, not necessarily to run the fastest time. And I, I always
1: think like what races bring out that you can't simulate in regular training is the nerves factor
0: oh the nerves Well, everything in training is definitely uh what's the word controlled i mean right right right. if you go outside and it's too hot you can just push the workout back into later in the evening or the next morning bam you're fixed you can't push the race back i mean you can but you're not you're gonna be the only one doing it so if if the race is on that
1: saturday the race is on that saturday you got to let's go yeah yeah
0: yeah. You know, and it, one thing I think it's really tough is to simulate nutrition in training, because I mean, unless you do it every single day, it's so hard to get that same feeling at the end of like a 50 mile race or a 100 K race or 100 mile race in training because you're never running that far. So you don't know what your stomach's going to feel like at the end of the race or in the middle of the race. You know, you can do what you can in a 20 mile long run, but that could be completely different. And then mile 80, maybe your stomach says, No more gels, man. I'm done. Like and Caleb, I up. think
1: that I think that's the scariest thing. It's not you could come into a race as fit as you want to be, mentally prepared as you want to be, but one false thing with your stomach could totally mess up your day yeah. if it goes the wrong way. And that is a fear of mine and everything, because you can't outrun your stomach. I mean, it's been tried, I'm sure, before, and I'm sure it a lot of failure and everything. So <laughs> Let me talk okay, so we get week of talk me through the morning, let's say Friday set talk me through the morning of and the first part of the race.
0: okay, so the day before um let's see Chris and Holly Ann dropped me up to Akron and uh, we uh let's see went to the what do you call it the packet pickup packet pickup exactly. we go to packet pickup. Yeah, I meet the race director. She's super cool. Um, get my shirt. I actually see a you know where the drop bags are. There's a Marshall drop bag. And I was like, Uh-oh. oh, that's cool. I wonder who whose that is. Uh, I think it might have been Seth Harshberger's though. Not sure, but he, uh, okay. Yeah, sense. yeah. Okay. Anyway, uh, so we do that. Then we meet my parents there. But then they decide to eat at the brewery, and uh, I just didn't feel like there's probably anything that I could eat at a brewery that would be smart to eat before for sure for sure so we go to a uh, a Thai place because one thing is like when I eat pasta which I, I love pasta and it's the stereotypical pre-race oh yeah but you do feel kind of bloated after eating a lot of pasta so one thing I've found in kind of what we've done before and for Rim to River is like a lot of rice and okay. uh and potatoes and stuff like that it's still high in carbohydrates but not as bloating as what pasta is so we end up going there to a thai place i get some a rice dish with other stuff in it you know it's really good and then we just we go back to hotel um you know meet up with my parents again because i stay sure with them. and uh really just get everything set up and ready to roll next morning the cool thing about the race was it wasn't super early start. It started at seven a.m. rather than six. It's normal. So it's, it's
1: normal. It's like it's for a hundred miles for people that don't know. Like, but a race starts at like six, seven, or eight a.m. It's like it's rare because that's normal and everything. It's not oh. like midnight or 4 a.m. start or something like that for
0: sure yeah i haven't done any of the crazy ones like you but you you relish the uh the midnight hellgate start the five why I sleep Taylor. Why,
1: why sleep when you can totally mess up your body and just run so yeah, yeah.
0: Exactly. <laughs> exactly so yeah so uh we I, you know wake up kind of early i think it was like four forty five. nothing crazy usually it's like waking up at three forty five or 4 for sure um, you know i don't even so I, eat, I wake up that early but then i had forgotten my oatmeal yeah i knew i was gonna forget something so i forgot my oatmeal but you know what i was like it's fine i really i never practice eating and then running so i'm like well i will just wait until probably 30 minutes prior and then take a, eat one of those honey stinger wafers that should be good and it was like it actually worked out really well you know i wasn't super hungry anyway I had my coffee, got everything, you know, done that I need to get done in the bathroom. And we just make it to the start line and we're just hanging out, having fun, uh, trying to guess who Jacob Moss was because, you know, we'd seen pictures, but, you know, really didn't know until you actually see him. And we never right. saw him beforehand, but uh, we were making guesses like, oh, he looks fit. That's going to be Jacob Moss. And then it, it wasn't. For sure. Finally, you know, they they corral us to the start line um it's a trail sisters race so they have like the women on the, like on the right men on the left okay so equal start line which is awesome yeah um and finally i see jacob moss i'm like all right he looks just like the picture on instagram so he gets right in the front and i get like one or two guys behind him so i never like starting on the actual start line i like to be a little bit farther back i got you i got you um, i don't know why but it's, it's just a little bit more calming Um, and then the race starts and Jacob takes off hard. Like he was in the sixes for that first mile. Okay. I was seven Oh eight or no seven Oh two. I think through the first mile granted it's a little bit downhill. You make it to the trail trails lit up. You're with all the people. So it was, I mean, it's fine, but it's definitely faster than I wanted. And he was like leaving us. Um, it ended up being a trio of guys with me, um, as well me a guy named nick and a, i forgot the other guy's name but we were just kind of chilling talking and he had uh, nick had noticed that uh, uh like i ran for marshall and was a coach at marshall and he had run for a school called malone okay and yeah we, we we had some people we knew of each other so that was cool and we started talking and telling stories and this guy ended up being like a 1406 5k runner I'm like, oh, okay. And then he's like, yeah. And I also ran like a 224 in the marathon. And that might not even be his PR because that was just at Columbus. He didn't tell me if you ran faster or not. So I'm like, okay, uh, that's cool. And then the other guy, he had, he told us a little bit later that he had just DNF'd a 200 mile race in Ohio the week before. And I'm like, oh. I am running with some crazy dudes right now, man. <laughs> if this guy ran 130 miles last, like last Saturday, And then this guy's a 224-1406 guy. All right. But the main thing was we were just calm. We were just talking. So those miles just zipped on by. And uh, soon we made it to the first aid station where our crew were at. Okay. I thought, well, first off, the most athletic thing I've ever done in my life was caught on film where I, like, threw my water bottle to my dad. And then he threw it back and I caught it. Like, it was the greatest thing. Um, And, you know, we were just rolling. Uh, I definitely dialed in, taking the gels, drinking as much as I could. I uh, I was using primarily the Science and Sport, let's um, say electrolyte drink, and the gels. So I had two gels in every water bottle that I had, and then the drink itself had like, 160 calories, I think. Um, 36 grams of carbohydrates, I believe. Okay, that's a good. So, okay, that's a
1: good. That's good yeah yeah
0: and one thing like i tried the the cis beta gel or beta fuel at hurricane and at canal trace and it just made me feel really bloated and really full and i was unable to really keep it going and that has like 340 calories in it and like 80 grams of carbohydrates so i was thinking if i had something just a little bit less you know maybe like half of that that might work out better and if i needed to I had a water bottle just for water, I had a water bottle with that CIS electrolyte drink. And then I had another one with the Morton's, which was the 340. So I only had two packets of the Morton's just because it's so expensive. Um, so that was, I was going to use that later on in the race. I was going to primarily use just water or the CIS electrolytes. And, you know, the rest of the southern portion of the course was just us talking eventually that third guy who did the 200, 200 mile race he had dropped so it was me and Nick running with each other telling stories uh, every now and then like we were drinking so much and not sweating very much we would have to peel off and pee like uh, every yeah. thirty minutes but I don't know about you but
1: I take that as a good sign it like, was a good I'm sign North- yeah
0: it was good because I knew I was hydrated I was doing what I needed to do but. I mean, we would leave each other every time, and it's so hard not to try to come back too fast and try to catch the guy. And we both were struggling with that because we're like, oh, that was a little too quick. Whenever we got back to, you know, whichever was ahead. So are you
1: both two and three right now?
0: Yeah, we are two and three, and we knew that we were pretty far back because we couldn't even see Jacob at that point. Um, And Nick, he was a marathoner. He's a track runner. He wanted to go after him early. I'm like, Nick, this is a 100-mile race, man. If he keeps that up, he's going to run like a world record or something really, really, really fast. So we'll just be a part of something cool. But if he blows up, then that's our opportunity to make it. For sure. I felt so wise, you know, saying that and and actually believing it. Yeah. But it was really hard not to go after him too. So, you know, we kind of just try to keep it in check as much as we could. But another thing about peeing though, it seemed like it it would take forever. Like I would be peeing for like – 30 straight seconds or 40 straight seconds i'm like if i lose this race because i'm peeing so much for yes. this one, That's this <laughs> but, like
1: this is it's a good sign because this is what my body needs to be doing but i wish it would hurry up
0: yeah it's <laughs> like i wish i could just like press the button and just you know but no uh for sure yes so eventually we get down to the turnaround point at mile i think 23 somewhere around there Okay, and you know beforehand we had passed Jacob, so we knew we were pretty close yeah. to the station. But it did seem like it was a lot longer than we thought because he was about six minutes ahead at that point, okay. so almost a mile, and we don't stop. We just trade our water balls and everything, and then on the way back up, I could tell that Nick's uh, voice—you know—he he wasn't talking as much, and he was getting a little bit quieter with some of the stuff he was saying. So I'm like trying to force some of these uh, stories and I'm telling stories, trying to make him laugh. And I could just tell he was digressing a little bit more each mile. I was like, oh no, it's too early for this. You know, we're like mile 30, 34. Oh yeah. You're just, less than tell. a third
1: into it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I could just tell. So at mile 35, there's an aid station. I kind of blow through it, get my you know water bottle switched. And uh, he goes to his wife and I hear him say, she asked how he's feeling. He's like, not good. I'm like, all right, time to go. I'm like, mission yeah, accomplished. You, Let's go. You, know, you got to make I your move. Him, yeah. I want him to be there with me because I really, you know, way too early to be racing at that point. But you know, I, it's a race, and for sure, you guys. Your I mean,
1: obviously, you're, the camaraderie is fine, but <laughs> this is a race. This is a business meeting.
0: Is what I call it's it. It's a business so, yeah, meeting. For, for so, sure. So yeah. So after that, I will say one of the harder points in the whole day was like from mile 39 to 46 ish because I was alone and there was someone to talk to and I just, there's a whole lot of race left. So I was very, I was noticing a lot of little things like, Ooh, knees feel a little rough. Ooh, my muscles feel a little rough. Yeah. And it just got really tough. And in those sections too, like you don't really see a whole lot of people there was this one cyclist who knew uh Nick pretty well. So he was updating me on how far Jacob was. And at that time, it's probably like four to five minutes. And I was like, all right, cool, cool. You know, I really don't want to hear any more updates, but you know, that's fine. <laughs> he just was very consistent with telling, telling us where Jacob was. Right, right. And it, you know, it's way too early. You know, we're still in, in the 40s, you know, during that time. So things are starting to. It's a hurdle a bit though the muscle, especially like my quads. I felt like my quads were just sore, like you know, well, you did, like because regular...
1: now you're you're approaching unknown territory. Oh yeah, you know, as in not the distance, but just that that same muscle stimulus for that long. So we're yeah. now an unknown. So that has to be a little scary at at the same thing. You're still you're probably feeling good though, but you're probably saying, okay, well, I don't know that right
0: now. Yeah. So, yeah. so energy wise, felt great. But the muscles, I could tell, like like you said, just the same motion over and over and over again. And the fact that you had PR through 50K. So everything else I knew was going to be a PR because, you know, when you're running that fast for that long, it, I haven't done that before. So, right. so eventually, you know, we get back on to the main like corridor that's going into Akron. So getting pretty excited um there's one aid station before the uh, brewery which is where we start and finish um and this aid station I saw like Holly Ann saw Chris saw uh and then I saw Arlen too so I'm like oh you know that got me me jazzed up yeah and I kind of I gave uh, Holly Ann some instructions on what to have at that aid station at the brewery you know I wanted to have potatoes I wanted the uh, shoes like the shoes that I brought just in case I wanted to switch because also I was wearing next percents um definitely went back and forth on whether i should wear them or not because i do know that they put a lot of stress on the hamstring oh yeah and i'm like should i wear something like a more normal trainer because it's a long day it's 100 miles but everybody that i kept asking were like dude send it just just send it (laughs) you're all in so if you're going to go all in you know make sure you're wearing the fastest shoes yeah i ended up doing that um so i get to the brewery and fortunately they uh arlen had known where to go because like the technical aid station with all the drawbacks and stuff, it's a little bit farther up like closer to the finish line but if you wanted to just stay on the trail which is where they met me i didn't have to get off the trail at all i just kind of bearded off and then went back on with all like, right yeah, yeah i it would add in some minutes if i had gone all the way up to the start finish line
1: and uh, fast forward, we'll come back, but that might have played a role here later on. But uh, yeah. let's uh, keep going. It might keep have. On.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so before this time, I had not stopped at any of the aid stations. So I stopped, and I'm very conscious that I'm losing time, but I needed to stop. I needed to assess whether I needed to change shoes or not. I needed to eat some real food. Um, and so I, like, I think I did get out of there pretty quickly, but it took about – 90 seconds to two minutes and the good thing about the whole day was the longest i took was about two minutes at every aid station so it's getting better you know it's not perfect but we're getting better because grand total of the day i think i had 14 minutes of dead time that's for 100 miles it's pretty good but it could be better ask for a better
1: you can't you can't ask for a better any wardrobe changes or anything
0: uh not yet i took off so i had a rabbit um what's it called like a tank top and i had a, a long sleeve over top of that right. so I, I i wanted to take off the long sleeve but i was worried that I would get sunburned and you know what i'm glad i thought of that because i what worst thing to happen than it get super sunburned and then be miserable for the next Know two or three days for sure what a way
1: what a way to celebrate whatever happened off of a sunburn so yeah for sure
0: (laughs) exactly so I kept a long sleeve on and I was kind of like asking Arlen those first couple miles like how open is this next section is it mostly in the forest or is it out in the open and I found out it's kind of both so I probably would have been fine but you know I waited for probably another hour you know but you know so I start running the Arlen and it's it's it was really cool because it's like a big wealth of knowledge just hitting me in the face as we we're running for sure. And he he had this game plan of how we're going to catch Jacob and all that. But more importantly, like he was just telling me a whole lot of stuff and he was telling me what we should do in terms of just me being able to run as fast as possible. And he's like, dude, you went out pretty quick. I'm like, yes, yes, I, I know. I'm very aware of that. And we're still we're still running that. But he's like, all right, well, what we're going to do is. No more big surges or anything. I don't know if you did any beforehand, but no big surges. You're not going to fight the fatigue. We're going to die as slow as possible. And I'm like, dude, that's what I do anyway. That's, yeah. that's my enemy. I was like,
1: oh, okay, so you know me. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Like I never usually fall off super hard, but it's just trying to decay as slowly as possible. So I was all all on board with that. And I noticed that he purposely slowed me down. The very moment he took me. Instead of running the 7.0, 7.10s, which if I was by myself, I would get frustrated if I wasn't hitting that same split. Got you. You know, I'm the type of guy, like if I go out in 7.30, I want to hit 7.30 for the rest of the day. But since I started faster than that, I didn't want to be discouraged and see it slow down. So whenever he picks me up, he slows me down automatically. And I can't get mad because, you know, he's the boss here. He's the pace. Yeah. So... I let it happen. We start running. We actually did start running seven thirty pace at that point, and he kept saying, "He's like, you should be falling off more. Just knowing what you've done, you should be falling off more." I'm like, "I know what you mean, but it's coming across in a really weird way." But uh, yeah, because
1: right. I'm, it's, I'm I was going to ask you, how did you take that? Is this a compliment right now? Yeah. Am I doing good or or I is he worried? Is he worried about me right now?
0: <laughs> he was worried. Yeah, exactly. He was worried, but then he's like, you know, like. If you can just keep this rolling, like you're going to do really well. You're going to be around, you know, a little bit under 13 hours. And I'm like, that's the plan. <laughs> but so we, you know, I ask him a lot of questions. Like I wanted to hear all about Western states this year. I wanted, I asked him a lot about Run Rabbit Run. And it's just funny because he's talking to me. And he's like, yeah, I really haven't had that really good race this year. I'm like, Arlen, you literally, you got third at Western states, second at Run Rabbit Run. Uh you know, you won jackpot on the men's side, uh, like you haven't had a good race.
1: Well, Caleb, as we know, those races are up and coming. New races, nobody knows of Western State. What is that? I don't yeah. is that it must be I don't know. We'll talk about that. man knows
0: new races, we'll talk about those later. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, he just he just kept reiterating the fact that he's like, I haven't felt really good about a race yet. I'm like, you know what? I can I can understand that. So we run and we, uh, you know, we're just rolling through these aid stations. And at the, this point I do stop at every aid station, but trying to keep it pretty quick. Still, you know, I get a little cup of mashed potatoes because I, I had uh, made a whole bunch of instant mashed potatoes, which are super easy to make by the way, right. um, and have an amazing amount of carbohydrates. So I'm getting a little by little. And then eventually we get to this aid station and they tell us like, Hey, you're not going to see your crew for 12 more miles. Like, oh, Okay. So at that point, they gave me the Morton's Hydrogel, which has 340 calories in it, or 320, which had two gels in it as well, like on the outer part of it. And then I, uh, I think I had a water bottle with two gels, and then maybe, no, I don't think I had the Morton's uh, solid bar, but I had those throughout the day as well. And then we take off, and then probably the the next biggest low that I had was probably eight miles into that section.
1: So what 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 miles are we at right now?
0: What miles were we at? It was in the sixties, like upper sixties. Okay. Yeah, okay. at, or yeah, sixties going to like low seventies. Because at that point, you're like, I've run a lot of miles for sure, but I also have a lot of miles to go. Yeah, you know, yeah, forty miles is a long run. I don't care. Yeah, so. <laughs> I did hit a point where I'm trying to take in these gels because I'm trying to be good about the, the nutri- nutrition part, but you know, the sis pineapple, I love the taste, love the flavor, but it's a little thicker than some yeah. of the other. So I take it and we're on this boardwalk in the national park, the Cuyahoga national park. So it's super busy. You know, there's cyclists going around us. There's people walking and everything. I take this gel. It goes halfway down my throat. And then my throat says, nope, you're not taking that. So I like threw it up, spit it out. And it's just big white goop of mess, you know, and I almost puked on a cyclist that came by. So that would have been really rough. But at that point, I was like, you know, I don't know if I can take any more sugary gels, at least not anytime soon. So I drank some water. I was trying to drink the, the Morton's hydrogel. Yeah, it didn't really sit well in my stomach either. But looking I, back on it, does this have a naked flavor or anything? I don't. I haven't seen it, but if they do, that might be the way to go. For because sure, yes, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's okay. it's flavorless and all that. Well, it's supposed to be flavorless. It's it's not. Gotcha. um It's just kind of like drinking snot, which it, it's hard. It's hard to drink if you're not used to it. And I, to For be sure. honest, I made one of the biggest mistakes, which I do is a mistake going into it, but. They're so stinking expensive. I didn't want to buy a whole lot of it and not like it. So I didn't use it beforehand. I was trying it out on race day. Oh, Caleb. But, you know, go big or go home. Go big or go home, Caleb. That
1: could have sent you home.
0: It <laughs> but when you're balling on a budget, you got to do what you got to do. So, I like it. I like it. <laughs> so, And to be honest, I did find out that the Morton Solid is awesome. I love it. It's a little hard to eat a lot of it, you know, in at one sitting. But I can I can munch on that for like four miles, and I feel like I got a lot of energy from it. Yeah. So we're running, you know. At this point, we're going through the the national park, and uh, Arlen's. I think he's talking about white-tailed deer and the biggest deer he's shot and the biggest muskie he's caught. And I'm just kind of vibing, but also feeling rough. And we finally get to the like the last aid station before I see my crew again, which is where I switch out arlen and Jeremy. Okay. And I stop. I get some watermelon and some potatoes, and I was magically back. You know, my pace didn't really fall off much, but I just was feeling worse. But once I ate the watermelon and the uh the potatoes again, I felt back to normal. And you know, we we did stay there probably a little too long. And once again, like ninety seconds to two minutes. But uh, that's,
1: that's, that's not a long time, Caleb. But that's it's not a long, time.
0: but. You know, they they had told me that uh Jacob had left three minutes and then so three plus two equals five. So he he put two minutes on me at that point.
1: So okay, so, so we are now what in, in the 70s right now?
0: Yeah, in the low seventy. Uh, low 70s I and mean, you're 67, 68, I think.
1: Okay, so let's say around mile 70, and you're about five minutes behind first place.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So then we get to the next aid station. I trade out Arlen get Jeremy. I'll say, I didn't really mean to do it this way, but I planned out my Pacers perfectly because Arlen was great for that section. Yep. But I was kind of like, I'm ready for somebody new. Gotcha. Yeah. And you know, he's a wealth of knowledge. He was great, but I was ready to talk to Jeremy and Jeremy was perfect for that section because we literally just, we, it wasn't all about the race itself. It wasn't about catching Jacob. I was able to take my mind and just learn more about jacob and or not jacob uh jeremy yeah jeremy has a unique story he has a similar story to you and the way he got into ultra running so he was he's not very tall he's about my size got you. but he he was pretty big got you. Okay. he started running to lose weight and it's kind of like a just a dare, like, hey, I dare you to run a mile, and he did. And then someone dared him run a five k, and he ran a five k, and just built from there. So I got to learn about this really cool guy, and his whole life. We talked. We were at the same marathon back in Boston, 2018, where it, downpour rain the whole time. He actually, you, that was
1: that was your PR, right? Wasn't that a no?
0: That was like okay. one of the worst races. At, to be honest, my last horrible race was that that day. Well let's never mind what i just said okay <laughs> so jeremy actually beat me that day and uh by like 12 minutes or 14 oh, minutes. okay 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 <laughs> but super cool you know and we're just talking and like i i was able to just i was actually running faster because we weren't concerned about the race at all we were just having a lot of fun and then eventually we get to like close to the turnaround point i see jacob coming i see the, the turnaround i'm like dude we made some ground just now yeah he, it, just his vibe was really cool. He's like, dude, you're doing it, man. Like, yeah, it we're raining right a minute. Let's go, yeah. let's go moss hunting today. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. That's well, technically,
1: Caleb, you know, they say that a race doesn't start till mile 80. So, you yes. know,
0: or, or or 99, whatever you want. To <laughs> say. Or
1: 99. We'll get there. We'll get to that. We got to get to 80 before we get to 99. So yeah. it's fine.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so we get to turn around. You know, I get my potatoes again because at this point, I just decided I'm going to eat as much potatoes as possible. Yep. And I noticed that we had run out of the instant potatoes. I made a whole lot of them. So I had also boiled potatoes and dad started mashing them into like a mashed potato and put salt on it. Perfect. That was great. Um, so we get out of there pretty quick and the sun is, it's getting into the evening now, but we're coming home and me and Jam are talking. He's like, dude, you're going to, you're going to beat the sun. He's like, think about it. You don't need a light. Just we're 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 gonna make sure you don't need a light. whenever we get to the get to Akron. Like I don't I don't know about that, but we're, we're just gonna run. And I start running like I'm still running seven twenties to seven thirties at this point. So we're running. We get through the parts. I was wondering if it, if I'd had that same feeling without my crew for that twelve mile section. Sure, because we had to go straight back through it nope i felt fine i did notice i started to slow down a little bit that's going into this high 730s low 740s but still i thought i was running pretty quick um and then right after the, the point where i like almost threw up on the way out that point i was able to see jacob's white shirt he's very Uh-oh. far ahead but it's such a long Uh-oh. straight stretch i was like okay and this is like mile 88 Ish somewhere in there, so we're getting to crunch time at this so point. So we are
1: now crunch time, home stretch, feeling yeah. right now.
0: Yeah. So I didn't exactly have to pee at this point, but I was like, I need to pee now. I can see him. I know we're close. I need to pee now, so I don't have to pee later. Yep. So this yep. this is the last time, hopefully. So gotcha. we we pee, we're good, and then we go into the next aid station, and it was still three minutes. So he ended up getting about four, four and a half minutes on me because I stopped at the aid station. And at this point, I could tell my dad was getting a little nervous because he was trying to rush me out of the aid station. And mom's like, hey, Charlie, like, why don't you calm down a little bit? Uh, he's doing what he needs to do. And dad's like, OK, I'll, I'll stop. OK,
1: and, so we got some tension. Tension is building right now. <laughs> we had a little
0: tension. And uh, <laughs> but, you know, I was like, I need to I need to do these things or I'm not going to have the energy to do anything later. Yeah. And I'm still at this point where I'm like, I'm trying to catch Jacob. But I'm, I'm realizing that this is going to be a fun, fast day, regardless if I catch Jacob or not. For sure. I was having a blast. And I think at that A station, I say that on the on the video. I'm like, dude, I'm having a blast, man. This is fun. Yeah. So, but I needed, I, like, because I, at Hurricane 100K, I did blow through every A station very quickly. Alex Miner didn't, and Alex Miner won. Right. So right. You got to do what you got to do at aid stations, but you got to make sure that you just do it very efficiently and get through as fast as possible. So, you know, we plan out everything me and Jeremy did next aid station. We kind of tell dad what we needed and stuff. And then the next aid station where we have six miles to go, we're at 94. Well, my watch at 95, but yeah. You know. um, And that's where I pick up Holly. in. So me and Jeremy had decided we're not going to stop. I don't need any more potatoes anymore. I, I'm good. I have my gels and I can stomach gels at this point. Yep. So we're just going to pick up Holly and we're going to go, which is, was exactly what they were thinking as well. Cause Holly, it's like, you're not stopping. Let's go. And like, I think I, like, I think I dropped a water ball or something. And I went to go pick it up. She's like, go, go, go. Like, okay. <laughs> Shoot. Okay. So we're running and then Holly Ann picks me up and she's like immediately, like plan of attack. And I'm like, Holly, Ann, uh, let's just chill. Let's just, like i don't think i can catch him because they told me it was still three minutes by that point or three minutes and 30 seconds it's like that's a lot like we only have six miles that's a long time
1: Caleb. Caleb you, obviously you know a little more but let me tell you wasn't what doesn't go together is the words Holly hollyann and the words chill that, that, that yeah. does not go
0: together <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> and it, like i, I kind of did not in spite by any means but i was just like i'm having so much fun i'm running so well like i don't care about getting first i just want to run as fast as possible and she's like no you can you can get them you can get them so we kind of go, we kind of are not argue but we're kind of going back and forth with that and eventually i say those words like i don't care about winning and she's like yeah you may not but tomorrow morning you will And i was like Daggone on it. You're right. That's the perfect
1: right. thing to say. That's the perfect, you know, because you're super vulnerable right now. You're so you're tired and, and yeah. just every little thing you're hanging on to. So for sure.
0: Well, and I was I was like bar- I felt like I was barely hanging on. And I noticed that we were I was slowing down. So at this point, when I picked up Holly Ann, we go up this kind of hill. Like it's not super steep by I any means. It's not a hill, but like it's an incline. And that mile was like eight oh three. I'm like, ooh. Okay. Okay, so the next mile, I thought we picked it up, 8.03. The next one, 8.03. So, I'm like, I feel like I'm surging, and I'm not running any faster. Keep in mind, it is getting dark at this point, and, you know, for some reason, when I run in the dark, I don't run nearly Uh, as fast. I feel like I'm running faster than I am. So, I think she was just getting worried that, like, I was getting content with just running eight-minute pace. She wanted to break that. So... She She's fired me up. And whenever we did do that, or go through the, that section, you know, Jacob was also falling off. We didn't know it, but he was falling off. So we get to the last aid station with three miles to go. And Arlen tells me that he is two minutes and 10 seconds ahead. I'm like, okay, we made some time. And that actually gave me some hope. And then Holly Ann tells me, yeah, he's two minutes and 10 seconds, but he they probably didn't start. They probably started that as he left the aid station, but he has been walking for like 40 seconds every time he leaves, the day, leaves an aid station. He like drinks, he walks it out, and then he, yeah. he's running. So she's like, well, it might be more like less than two minutes at this point. I'm like, okay, okay. So if you look at my Strava, you'll notice I ran like a 740 the next mile. Yes, for sure. For sure. <laughs> it yep. is 750. It was faster. Yeah. So we're you know I'm starting to feel it. I'm like, okay, we this might be able to happen, but I really didn't know. But then a guy on a bike comes back, you know, forward to us, and he says he's 90 seconds ahead, and he's looking at his watch. So I know that he's like, he's legit. Like he's on it. Yeah, for sure. You're getting I'm real like, time seconds right now. Yeah. yeah. He's like, you're looking good, man. Looking good. And then just kept going. So I'm like, okay, this this might actually we might have a race here. So we're going into the town of Akron at this point. And you know, we're starting to see more buildings and stuff. Still, there's still a lot of woods, but Pollyan's getting a plan of attack and everything. And we start to go up a hill. And she thought it was the hill, you know, the one that everybody's been talking about. It wasn't, but we we were searching really hard going up these hills because she's like, if anything, you're going, you're a good hill runner. You can run up these hills. He might not be able to. I'm like okay, okay. Yeah. We're running, we're running, we're going over bridges and stuff at this point. And we do start up the real hill, which is a 5% grade. And I felt like I was running really well and my legs started to feel better too. You have know, a lot better than at miles, you know, 94, 95, 96. So we're running pretty hard. And then she makes this like squeal. And I'm like, what in the world? Did <laughs> do you like turn your ankle or something? Yeah. And she like looks up. She says white shirt. I look up and sure enough there was the white shirt that Jake was wearing. He was at yeah, the so top. What, of the...
1: So are we at miles of 97, 9798
0: right now? 99. Well, on my watch it was 99. On Legit course it was 98. Yeah. Okay. 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 So and you know like instantly the you know everything starts blowing up in your head like all right this it, it, it's almost scary. You're like yes. I was just a little bit ago, I was very content with just running, coasting her in, and now it's going, we're going to run hard, <laughs> but it was like, it was also immediate that she took off, so I had to hang on, so we take off, we're running hard up this hill, we get to the top, and then it kind of like flattens, and then you come down and cross a road, Okay, As he's just standing there at the street crossing, and I'm like looking left, looking right, I'm like, Please, first off, please don't let him me catch him because of a car coming. Like that would be, For sure. would be yeah. Just it doesn't sit well.
1: Like if you want to pass him, you want to legit pass him.
0: Yeah. So right. I look, but I look over, there's no cars. So I'm like, well, maybe he just maybe just stopped because he's tired, you know, he didn't know we were coming. Yeah. And we did, once we caught him, he was like it shocked him and he took off. Like he started running really hard. And at that point, Holly Ann knew she needed to do something because that that initial jolt that he gave could have been enough to break me for sure so she she did she knew exactly what to do she takes off because she knows i'll follow gets beside him and says jacob you're doing awesome man great job but then proceeds to pass him as saying that because she knows that i'm going to just follow and hopefully be able to make a pass too. Oh, the gamesmanship
1: and, that's going on right now. That's uh
0: yeah. yeah <laughs> and like I don't know about you, but I always feel worse when I'm getting past. Yes. And I think that played into it too, because it doesn't matter if she's a pacer or not. Getting past, especially that late, does not feel good. No matter no. if it's it could have been like a half marathon or something going on. Like just getting past just makes you feel worse. So like I knew I needed to stick right on her and I, you know, I don't think I said anything when I passed by, but maybe, like, waved or something. I don't know. And then at that point, like, there was no pain in the legs whatsoever. We were running. Like. You were, quote, unquote, empty in the tanks right now. So, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. it felt like the end of a, like, the Charleston distance run. That's what okay. felt like I felt like I was. My stride opened up. There was turnover. You know, so we get to this flat section. We come down going underneath the tunnel. And everything's just moving, like, super speed at this point. And I remember she said, like, watch out for the leaves. And then I ran straight through the leaves. because. And then I thought about, like, that could have been really slick. I could have wiped out. And then, for sure. So after that, I made sure to get, like, more on our left. And then, you know, we're on the sidewalks at this point. So we're just – I felt like we are sprinting. And we're passing some people um, who were in the race, you know, coming towards us. Yeah. And I remember – You know, just a little bit before then, we had passed Seth again, and that was really cool. But then we we passed Jeffrey uh, Benati, the artist. Oh, and he got so excited because he had seen a lot of the race. He knew that Jacob was really far ahead. He started, you know, yelling and cheering us on, and that made it you know even more hype. And then, uh, then right after passing him, we see like the final turn into the last straight stretch to go to the brewery it wasn't until that point i didn't look back but it wasn't until that point when i was like okay i think we we broke him i think we i think we did enough yeah um but we weren't going to slow it down so we for sure we just kept opening it up we make that turn and you know we're probably about 200 meters maybe a little bit less 100 meters to the finish line and no one's really cheering or anything they see us but they're like they probably thought we were just people coming in. Yeah. Because it's a, it's an aid station. So people come in, people coming out. So I, I let out a yee yee, like the yee. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then she does as well, just to kind of like warn everybody that we're coming. And no one's really doing anything. So it wasn't until we got like right up on that people started like, oh, whoa, there's the finisher. Like, okay. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> It was just funny, because like obviously no one was really expecting me to be the one coming in. So Arlen, he knows Jacob really well too. Uh they had run some races uh together and all that. He even told me that if I didn't ask to be uh, him to be my pacer, he would have paced uh Jacob. Because he was he was just gonna be around anyway. So he was sure. gonna ask Jacob if he needed one. So you know, Arlen's filming regardless, thankfully. And he's like, in that video, he's like. Hold on, that's that's Caleb. That's yeah. Caleb. And they like got, got my parents' attention and you know, they started filming too. But yeah, it's cool. And it's the 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 emotions that hit you as you're coming through there. Is, oh, it's man. really cool. No matter I would
1: say the, the picture, you gotta put I mean, I've seen it, you gotta put it like I was like, because I've seen you in certain moments. So I was like, and as soon as I saw that picture, I was like, Oh, that's different. Yeah, I was like, that's a different feeling right there. I was like, I've seen you happy and elated, but I was like, this is that's pure right there. I was like, "This is this is it." I'm like, "Yeah, for sure, for yeah, sure."
0: Yeah. And so at, after the first run to river, where I walked across the finish line, very anticlimactic. I don't want to ever do that again. So we want to make sure everybody knew how excited it was. Yep. Yes. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> so okay, uh, you obviously you win. Jacob pat Jacob passes comes in comes in right behind you. Mm-hmm. I mean, so how how. So, how far was he behind you when you crossed the finish line?
0: So, he, I think it was around 80 seconds.
1: 80 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. I want to know, well, you know, and I'm sure a lot of people want to know. You lead a race for 99 miles. In your head, you probably ran the perfect race for 99 miles. You get past at 99 miles. What was the interaction like? When you obviously you're you're elated, everybody around you obviously you're going crazy, but you're tired. Everything's going on. He comes through. Explain those next couple moments.
0: Dude, Well, I was almost scared because I was afraid he's gonna like cuss me out or punch me or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, and to be honest, like I have a hard time. I always put myself in people's shoes. For sure. Things happen, so I knew like. I would feel absolutely miserable if that happened to me. I, to be honest, I didn't want it to happen like that. I Like there's something more honorable in the way, like trying to pass him earlier and making it really, you know, giving him an honest effort to to come back and stuff. I mean, obviously I'm happy it didn't happen like that because it may have ended differently. For sure. But like, it's just like a, it's like an honor thing. And I felt really bad that I, I passed in the last you know mile. It's funny those uh,
1: emotions because you're feeling bad at the same time you know what you just did.
0: Yeah, yeah. And like you know, it it's one of those things where I knew he would he wouldn't be upset about it. Yeah. Like it was an honest race and like hey somebody drops a 624 on you like and you don't have anything left you don't have anything left. Like That's, so yeah. I you know I like I was like crying when I talked to him initially there's a picture of it. I look horrible. But uh I was just like I'm so sorry, man. And he's like, shut up, man. Like that was a great <laughs> race. And and after that, we, we were cool. We took a lot of pictures together and you know, I hope to follow him for his rest of his career because for he's sure. Really doing awesome things. It'd he's be cool of, if you
1: guys can duel it out again
0: later later in life or later whenever, you know, I hope if, so.
1: if it matches up. That's awesome. So
0: he he does a lot of the, the track races and the 24 hours and stuff like that. So I don't know if I'll ever want to do that, but did you did I, you know that your time? So what was your what was your official time? Uh 1240 22 is the official time.
1: So 20 minutes faster than what you thought of. Did you know that did you know what the hundred mile the record was for the for this year? I mean the fastest time for this year yeah, was. Yeah, I
0: did. I knew Camille here and had it was like a twelve forty two or twelve forty four. So you knew, knew
1: exactly what you did when you okay. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, I did. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I didn't know if that was like it came out later. I didn't know how to okay. I because I, I I didn't know until the day after on that level what you did and everything. So I didn't know it when you knew. Okay, yeah, okay, that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. That's okay, well, That's a that's a dream. It's a dream race, man. I mean, you go into it, you're a rookie at that type of race, as in the surface and level, and you knocked it out of the park, man. I mean, this is. Would you change anything? No, not at all. <laughs> right, okay. Yeah. Not at all. That's perfect pacers, perfect shoes. Like, so the next couple of weeks, what's been, what's, uh, so you said the quads are still hurting right now. What's, uh,
0: The quads are fine, the recovery though.
1: process a little bit for me.
0: So originally, you know, obviously the next day or two, it was really rough, especially yeah. driving back, it's rough, but, uh, it was mostly the, the quads and hamstrings were super, super sore and tight. Um, but that just, I, so I was very tempted to try to run. I, I didn't run for like a week, which is good. Um, and I started off with some walks, try to just loosen some things up. Yep. Um, and then when I started running, just made sure it was super easy and things just kind of naturally just get looser and, you know, start to get some blood flow and they just ended up recovering. So I think the biggest thing that would hit me was my energy levels. I would feel completely normal at the office and all of a sudden I would just plummet. So then I'd be super tired, irritable. And I like can barely keep my eyes open. So if I had my work done, I would just leave and go home and take a nap.
1: So um, anything with the appetite
0: or anything? Uh, not really. No, I, I ate pretty well. Um, okay. you know, I was talking to our dietitian on staff at Marshall. I was like, what do you, like, is it beneficial to like increase the protein intake uh, you know post race like that for like a week or two because obviously your muscles are getting repaired and everything yeah um and she's like not really as long as you like, just make sure that you get a lot of carbohydrates because you definitely depleted all that so it's probably more important to replenish the carbohydrate stores and get the normal amount of protein like yeah you can elevate it but you don't need to eat like steaks every day like, well i guess
1: like because i mean obviously she knows but it's like i guess your body you only can take in so much protein
0: yeah, exactly. You, what you can't take in just gets flushed out. So, for sure. Yeah. You know, it's mute at that point. Got gotcha. you. Got gotcha. you. Yeah, man, Caleb,
1: Caleb Bowen. That's you know, I, and I, I put on my status. I shared when you, I said, "I said, Caleb, I said, I said, my boy has put the world on notice today." <laughs> I was like, I, "Cause even even then, I didn't know that you had set the record for the year." I but I was like, "This is." He's done some cool stuff before, but I was like, in my head, Caleb, I don't care what happens in the next couple months. This is the performance of the year, but I like, this is it. This is it. I know you won't say it, but I'm I'm putting it on paper, on on pu- public, I'm putting it out there. Performance <laughs> of the year. And that's <laughs> oh, I'm just I'm proud of you, man. Like I know a ton of people were proud of but I was like me personally, you know how I feel. I was like, I was just like. I, I was I was like I'm just like a proud big brother dad just sitting out. Just it was good. It was good stuff even from afar, man. Loved it. Loved it, man. It was good.
0: That's been the best part about it was just coming back home and getting all the love from everybody. Like for you, sure, uh, for sure. Dan and Alex, man, like they were, they were about to make me cry. Like every yes. I saw both of them, and it's just because
1: kale kind of like like people want to see people who deserve it. Like, and when I say deserve it, as in good, like I said, I've told you who you are before, but the person who you are, the, the people that know you know the work that you put into it. When good, when not just good, when spectacular stuff happens to people like that, when it's deserved, that's when you see genuine happiness. Because it, like, it's like, yes, I'm like I wasn't shocked. Like, for me, I wasn't shocked but it was kind of because i expect greatness from you but when you get to see it man it's just like yeah you put it all you put you put the pieces of the puzzle together in 12 hours and 40 minutes man yeah
0: well it's it's just cool because like you can have an amazing race and then like the temperature or the course you know something can make it slower so it doesn't look cool like there there were it was just a perfect day like you know the temperature was a perfect 40 to 52 degrees like I mean you really couldn't ask for anything better the course itself was perfect I mean it it literally flat as a pancake until when it mattered and I needed a hill to help me out like there was a hill there so I mean kind of blessed in that regard too but yeah just Everybody's love's been amazing, and uh, even like my kids were like the athletes that on my yeah. team was, it was really cool. To it's good, get.
1: like I like I said, man, and you deserve it, and you like I said, that's that's well deserved, man. It's not like and it's not like a fluke. It's not like, man, we didn't we didn't see this coming. Like maybe we didn't see it at this level, but I was like Caleb, I was like, this is so. This race is over. Obviously, I mean, I'm sure you're still feeling good from it. It has to be mm-hmm. even in, like you have like so. What my question is. So
0: is, is Bandera up next? Bandera is up next. You know, I, I'm really pressured, and I definitely want to run another race in between now and then. Yeah, because um, I just like racing. Racing's fun. Um, and two, like you know, trying to get my name out there. Like it would be cool to have another race in the docket just to show that I've done another one um, and hopefully do well at. Like uh, Scott Traer reached out about the McDowell uh, Mountain Fancy. Yes. And that's a super cool opportunity that I would love to do. Cause like the winner gets a Solomon, uh, sponsorship and it's like, you know, I don't really need to be sponsored, but that's a cool thing. And that's a great idea because the way he described it was like, Hey, the Olympic trials are cutthroat and you just have to be good on that day. That's how sponsorship should be. Like you should be racing to get a sponsorship, not just doing a lot of social media stuff and all that. Well, just so, like
1: you said, you don't need it, but if it's there for the taking, then maybe so. So, is that a – have you fully decided?
0: I haven't fully decided, but I did tell him last night it would be hard just because I don't want to give myself another reason to not do Vantara, yep. which there is a race. I like it, it, especially after
1: last year and how that yeah. ended and everything. Yep,
0: I like it. So, that, that's been my major thing, and to be honest, just the cost, the going, you know, getting another plane ticket. For sure, going, man, like,
1: I get it, yeah.
0: Because I'm going to Gorge Waterfalls in April, and I'm doing Bandera, So, those are really too expensive. Oh,
1: okay. I'm personally learning something new as of right now, too. So, okay. Okay, buddy. Okay. That sounds good, man.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I would like to do something, but as long as I get a good, consistent training block in, that's the main thing. Good training block. And come in, just like you said, come in healthy. Come in healthy. That's the name of the game. And then just put yourself out there, and let's see what happens, man. Exactly.
1: Love to hear it.